When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's three past three here on Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo, the official smartphone partner of the Wellington Phoenix. Coming up today, uh, we are shortly going to be joined by uh, Wellington Phoenix player Ben Old. Uh, Maya Vink is also going to join us. She is the analyst and assistant coach of the Liberty A-League women's team. We're going to hear from the boss man as well, Ufuk Tele. He did a stand-up today before the team departed for the Central Coast and uh, that game against the Mariners, who currently sit second in the league. And your chance as well uh, to win a set of uh, Oppo headphones as well with $70. If you want to win that, then just text us now, double eight double three double eight double three. We have the Phoenix Fan Challenge coming up with Oppo later in the show and uh, we can get you on the phone to answer a couple of questions and win a set of those headphones from Oppo. Uh, right now though, it is time to welcome into the show Wellington Phoenix midfielder Ben Old. G'day mate, how are you? Yeah, good thanks, Fabian. Yeah, good thanks, mate. Whereabouts are you at the moment? Are you at the airport? Yeah, just in the lounge at the moment. Our flight's at four, so just relaxing. Yeah, nice, nice. Have you have you got the uh, you've been through duty free? Have you got the 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 Toblerone all sorted? <laughs> I wish, but no. Just no. Yeah, do, 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 you get, do you get a sideways glance from the nutritionist if you if you if you roll the Toblerone? <laughs> Yeah, he always seems to be watching, so we have to be careful. Yeah, no, fair enough. I did hear, I did read something, Ben, and I, maybe this plays into it. Maybe you could you could sell this to the nutritionist that apparently if you get one of those oversized Toblerones and have it in the top of your, you know, your sort of uh, your trolley with your luggage, um, you're more likely to get upgraded. Oh, really? Yeah, so you might be, able, you know, you do that, you might get to sit uh, with Ufi up front. Ah, <laughs> I might have to use as an excuse. Yeah, you might have to, mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, employ any excuse you can, Ben. Employ any excuse you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, how's the, how's the season been for you, mate? I mean, your role has been predominantly off the bench. Um, how, how have you found the season so far? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Um, I think the start of the season was quite lively. Like, I got a few starts then, and then it was obviously a bit hard when I got my injury. I was out for a bit, and even when I came back, I wasn't feeling 100%. But like you said, I was just... I've been coming off the bench most games, so if that's my role for this season, I'm happy doing that, and as long as we're getting a win, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, to, in terms of who you see as your main competition for a spot on the 11, uh, is it is it Jan Sars? Is it Bojadir Krajev? I mean, um, you, you, you can play that wide role, but I also think you've got a bit of the eight in you, so um, where, do you, where do you think uh, your main competition is? Yeah, um, it's predominantly the 10 role where... Um, BK and Yarn play, so they're obviously my competition there, but sometimes have a ball or cost to drop in there, so honestly just whoever's in those positions. Yeah, like, like you said, I could play the the eight role as well, but it's just whoever who could think I'm best, so I don't mind wherever I play, just whatever he wants from me. Yeah, and in terms of, uh, I mean, you, you played for New Zealand, uh, you've played under 17s, you've played all the age group stuff as well. Um, you're still only 20, mate. It feels like, you know, I, I was doing some research on you before you came on and I thought, you must be up 22, 23 now. It felt that way, but you're still only 20. You've got a lot of experience, a lot of football under your belt. 
Yeah, yeah, I think the only problem with that is I get a bit impatient, like so much has happened in the last two years, obviously, all the stuff with the All Whites and the Olympics and all of that has happened so quickly, so I do start to get a bit impatient at some point, but I just have to remember sometimes that I am 20 hours, I've got a lot, a lot of time to go, hopefully, in my career, so I'm just trying to enjoy it at the moment. And at the club, in terms of support around that sort of thing, I know, you know, Paul Temple's your academy manager. You've got, uh, of course, uh, Greenacre, as old Chris Greenacre there as the, as the uh, coach of the, of the Rizzies and stuff, uh, and then Ufuk and, and, and Chiefy as well. What's that support like for you in terms of, I guess, you know, you talked about your frustration, how you, how you handle that? Um, I think it's really good, obviously, coming through the academy. I've still got those connections there with, like, Paul Temple, obviously Chris Greenacres, and then now, but also Steve Coleman and all of them, I still keep in close contact with them. And I think it's nice that I'm able to go back and talk to them whenever things aren't going great here, but it's just nice always having those connections there. And it's nice going from the academy into the first year, it just feels like it's like a nice family. In terms of messaging, uh, you know, what, what was Ufuk uh, talking to you about at the beginning of this season in terms of, you know, um, I guess, realisation of, of what your role might be and things like that? What, what were those conversations like at the start of the season? Oh, it's just the same, same as normal, like, just whether I'm starting or coming off the bench, just, like, going my old and when he, when he wants me to start, I'll just give my best in that aspect but if I'm not just going off the bench for 10-15 minutes I'll try my hardest in that and just waiting and getting your chance and hopefully when you get your chance just just taking it basically Is there anything that you've been given uh, from, from Ufuk or any of the other coaches there they've said look if you want if you want to be in the 11 you need to do this or you need to work on that I mean do you have a I guess if in the business world we call them KPIs do you have things that you need to tick off to be able to make that next step? Um, yeah I've definitely had conversations throughout last season and this season about that. I think in my role is obviously getting goals and assists, so I think if I can get those stats and those aspects, I think it's very hard to not not play a player like BK is doing very well at the moment. Not only the way he's playing, but getting those goals and assists up, and then obviously Jan got a goal in the last game, so I think that's a big thing as well, but also if he's very, very good at, like, if a team, if a team starts, he'll most likely play that that team again, so I think that's quite a fair way of doing it. So if you do get your chance and your team's doing well, you can often stick in the team for a while, but if not, it's just getting those those stats up in and being a good influence in the goals of the assist department. In terms of the way that your uh, your game is developed, uh, obviously, you know, you, we mentioned Krayev, who's, who's come from Bulgarian football. You've got uh, Bali, who's, uh, uh, you know, grown up in the English system. Uh, you've got Jan Sass now uh, from, from Brazil, and, you, you know, you played a bit with uh, uh, De Villa when he was there as well. Uh, how do you think that all of those different styles are uh, helping the development of your game? Oh, it's amazing. Like, I've never had this this aspect in the academy or anything like that and seeing a whole lot of different play styles from like different areas of the world but it is very cool like when I first came in the team I made my debut there was Ollie there who definitely took me under his wing and David Balls like David Balls is very good at working very hard he's not only technical but tactical just like a really good rounded player but then there's now BK and Jan that are coming now like BK is really good at holding on to the ball and turning and driving so I've learned that a lot from him and then as you know, yeah, I'm just very skillful and a very talented player. So there's definitely a lot of things that I can learn from the different ways they play. That uh, that goal that Jan scored on the weekend was something else, wasn't it? That was top draw. Did you take him aside afterwards yeah, and say, can you show me how to do that? 
Yeah, exactly. No, it was a very nice goal from him, and I'm happy that he is able to get a second goal for himself. So definitely finding form now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's a positive at this time of the season, right? I mean, uh, you're about to jump on a plane and, and head over to the Central Coast to take on the team that are currently second on the table. You win that game, you go you go level with them. So there's a, there's a lot on this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's good that we're kind of come off a really positive win against um, West United, so that's positive. And all the boys are been in spirit, so I'm confident for this game. Yeah, uh, I mean, last time out there was uh, there was a bit of argy, wasn't there? I think, uh, mind you, Ollie Sale could start a start a fight in a telephone booth, but there there, there was um, uh, a, a bit of a bit of argy after the game. Are you expecting more of the same? And 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 just how combative are, are Central Coast? Yeah, obviously, it's a tough opponent. Like won a few games against them, also lost. So it's definitely going to be important. I think we just went on that run of for some reason fighting every team at the end of the end of the game, which was, I don't exactly know why it was happening, but I think it shows that how much we care about about winning the game and, and all of that, so I'm hoping nothing like that happens this game, but who knows. Do you back yourself in a scrap? <laughs> I'd like to think so, but I think some of the other boys wouldn't, wouldn't laugh at me saying that. <laughs> Who's the one guy that you don't yeah. want to have a scrap with in the Phoenix thing? Oh, probably Ollie. <laughs> I think you see it as he's the one always always in the centre of it, so I definitely want to be on the opposite side of them. Yeah, he's got the reach too, doesn't he? Reach advantage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you had to jump in the uh, in the square circle with somebody from the, from, from your squad, who do you reckon you could take? Um, I'd like to say me and Sutton would have a good, Sam Sutton would have a good, good brawl in there. Yeah, yeah. It could be, maybe, that, maybe that's a fight for life thing we can line up later on. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing that you're coming up <laughs> against at uh, Central Coast is a, is a couple of guys that you know reasonably well. Storm Roo, uh, of course, uh, a, a, an all-white teammate and uh, a former Phoenix teammate as well. And James McGarry's just just moved there. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Obviously, both fullbacks, so it's players that I come against a lot. So, obviously, Storm's, I got on pretty well in the, the all-white system, so... I played against him last time when I came on, so that was good to see him there. And then obviously Gary going there now, so that'll be interesting, I think. So then there'll be a game that they'll be wanting to win, but it'd be nice if we can get one over them. Yeah, in terms of, of um, you know taking on those players and having trained with them for a long time, do you do you think that benefits you when you when you when you go and play a team like this and you you, you know train day in day out for a couple of seasons with guys? Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a bit of both. Like, obviously, I've got a good idea about what I can exploit against them, but then also it's the other way around. They know a bit about how I play, so I just have to get a bit creative on how I can exploit their weaknesses, and they're going to be doing the same thing. So it always makes an interesting battle. Yeah, do you have to do you have to double bluff? So you like you know you know in yourself <laughs> that you like to you like to cut in. Um, so you go, he'll be thinking yeah. I'm going to cut in, so I'm going to take him on the outside. Yeah, yeah, you just have to get quite creative with it, try and expect what they think you're going to do, and you kind of have to maybe, for example, I need to go line, down down the line a couple of times, and maybe they'll predict that, and I'll be able to go inside, which I obviously like to do. So they obviously know what I, what I like doing and what I'm good at, so I might have to try something else before exploiting those areas. Yeah, and you put some doubt in the mind, right? If you take them on the outside a couple of times, and all of a sudden they don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but... It'd be fun to play against him this weekend. 
Yeah, who's been the yeah, who's been your toughest opponent at, at, at A League level in, in, in terms of that in terms of someone that you've directly had to you know like you say the fullbacks uh, you've di- directly had to take on who have you found the toughest? Um, to be fair, it's funny how you say that. McGarry, when I played him in Newcastle early on in the year, he was very difficult. He's a very fast player, and he does know what I like. And I don't think I was able to exploit that the best in that game, but I learned a lot from it and. That's just what I was telling you before. I just need to predict what, what they think I'm going to do and then get a bit creative with it. So it'll be interesting if I come up against them in this game. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a funny thing, isn't it? That with uh, the last sort of two seasons or so, uh, the, the Newcastle Jets, where he was earlier in the season, have been a bit of a bogey team for the for the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, we had a not-so-great game last season, so that wasn't great. But I think it's just because it's such a chaotic team and we're so structured. I think we just have to make sure we don't fall into that trap. Yeah, yeah, indeed. All right, mate. Uh, now, um, you win this game, as I mentioned, you go second, but the league is very, very tight. I mean, what are the conversations like um, in training and when you're doing the, the whiteboard sessions, and, and how much are you guys looking at the table? Um, well, in the last game, if he put up a little PowerPoint, they were just showing us in the top six, but not showing anything below. So we don't seem to worry too much about what's happening below us. We just think about that if we can win the next game, where it can put us in trying to make the top four and obviously say it's so so close. So he always reinforces that every game is very important, but he's very good at making sure he doesn't put too much pressure on us. So as we know, every game is important, but I think this game this week will be even more important for us because it can put us in a very good position going into the back end of the season. Yeah, totally, totally. Now, you, you got a win last week, 3-0, against Western United, who are the defending champions. Ahead of that, uh, before that, you know, you had a couple of games where you, you coughed up leads. And, you know, it feels like uh, this season there's been particularly a, a lot of really good football played going forward by uh, the Phoenix. Uh, but at times you've just switched off maybe just after half time and things and, and given up those leads. What have those conversations been a, a, a like um, after games and what have the work-ons been? How have you, have you tried to address it as a team? Yeah, it's just been a bit disappointing because we've actually played very well, like you said, but we're just, it always seems like we go a goal up and then we go on the back foot rather than gaining momentum from it, so it has been weird, but we've worked a lot on the mental side of it and like dealing with pressure, like we're a very good team when there's no pressure on us, but when we have the expectation, we seem to, seem to crumble, so I think that's something we'll be working on a lot, and then obviously they're just all the tactical stuff. The, the staff there are very good at preparing us for for what the opposition are doing. So we're just making sure that we're always prepared for whatever the opposition are giving us, and being being able to adapt when they they give us different things in the game. Has it been a bit easier for you around the uh, the training complex and on the on the, on the training pitch and things uh, now that uh, Ben Wayne's left? So less confusion. There's only one Ben. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I also miss him as well. He was like my training partner a lot. We do a lot of extras together, so I miss him. But it's, it's good to see he's doing so well over there. But yeah, it's nice to be now and be Ben now. Yeah, I bet, mate. I, I bet. I, um, now, I, I always like to find out uh, a few things about uh, players before we let you go. So I'm going to ask you five quick questions, uh, if that's all right. Okay. Ben, are, you, are you ready to rock and roll? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate, grab your phone right now, uh, flick through it. What's on your Spotify playlist? What am I going to find? Uh, <laughs> it's been something that I've been working on, but a lot of guitar stuff at the moment, actually. I've been learning my guitar, so I've seen a lot of that stuff. Who's your favourite guitarist? 
Oh, no, no, you put me under pressure. Probably David Gray. He was the one that got me into it. Oh, really? So, older stuff, yeah, but stuff my dad enjoyed, so brings back good memories. Yeah, David Gray, I always think of him as like a... Uh... He's like a, a, a Bob, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a Bob Dylan for, for radio, isn't he, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got that, that White Ladder album was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, I love that album. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, interesting. All right, yeah. so does that mean then uh, if you've got a bit of spare time uh, in the evenings, you're not so much putting your feet up and watching Netflix, you're, uh, you, you're, you're picking away? Yeah, yeah, it's something that I, I like to spend time with. I seem to struggle to just zone out and just watch Netflix or YouTube or something so that's a nice little hobby that I'm getting into but also Sutz is quite into his guitaring at the moment so I'm kind of learning off him So maybe the, the, is there a duo in your future? Oh maybe Yeah, old Sutz I, I can see it, old yeah. Sutz what a, what, a, yeah. what a duo, okay that's good mate that's good yeah. um, Now yeah. um, if if, the, if you manage to avoid the nutritionist and you don't have a game or training this weekend, you've got a cheat night. Uh, what are you eating, mate? What's the what's the go to uh, the go to meal if you if you don't have to worry about any of that stuff? Um, well, we actually do it after the most fun. home games. Is actually nachos. I make my homemade nachos for the whole flat, so that's probably a go to. All the boys love it, and it's nice and simple. So I make that for them, but that's definitely a go to. The uh, you said the whole flat. Who are you flatting with? Are you flatting with boys from the team? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's me, Alex Paulson, Nick Pennington, and Callan Elliott. So the four of us. It sounds like trouble. <laughs> no, we're pretty well behaved. We are well behaved. Okay, all right, mate. All right. Uh, when you were growing up, who was your footballing hero? Who did you have posters on the wall of, and whose shirt did you want at Christmas? That sort of stuff. Uh, sounds uh, probably Griezmann. Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, I was going to say that Eric wanted Messi. Messi was always a big one, but Griezmann was someone I loved watching. Yeah, so I mean, he was a, would have been athletic Atletico then, right? So you more of a Spanish football fan than maybe a, an EPL fan? Um, yeah, I definitely go between the both. Obviously, it's hard not to get involved in the EPL scene, but definitely watching Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico. Madrid was very, very cool when I was younger, so. Definitely him, though, especially during the Euros and the World Cup. But it definitely became one of my favourite players. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. All right. And uh, just finally, uh, Ben, before I let you go, mate, who's the most famous person you've met? Most famous person? Uh, probably Lydia Coe. Oh, you met Lids? Where, how was she? I, yeah, yeah, very good. I met her a couple of times because of my girlfriend. I was younger, but I, there was a shoot that she was doing where she was coaching a whole lot of young kids, it might have been when I was like maybe 10 or 11 and I was there and I, I was actually on the news doing an interview about what I thought about it. <laughs> Quality. Have you, you, yeah. Your mum and dad have yeah. got that on tape somewhere, have they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on Facebook. <laughs> try not bring it up. Yeah, quality. What are you playing off these days? Because you used to be quite a handy golfer from what I understand. Yeah, um, my handicap's a, a four. But unfortunately, I haven't been able to play too much recently because of my injury, so that's been tough. But I just try and try and play as much as I can. Yeah. We've got a good group of boys that actually play in the team, so we get out as often as we can. Do you try and substitute it when you couldn't play with your injury? Do you try and substitute it with PGA golf on you know on on, uh, on <laughs> Xbox or on PlayStation or something? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why don't you say that a lot of the boys actually get involved in the game right now? So it's definitely something that we enjoy. 
Awesome, man. Awesome. Hey, listen, thanks for giving us so much time from the airport, mate. Uh, go and grab yourself that oversized Tobler run now uh, and see if you can get the upgrade. <laughs> yeah. eh? Sa- safe travels and good luck against Central Coast this weekend. Yeah. Thank you. Go well. Uh, ben Old there with us. Out of the Wellington Phoenix as they get ready to head over to the Central Coast Mariners. That game is coming up this weekend, of course. Still to come, Maya Vink from the Liberty A-League side. Uh, we'll also hear from Ufuk Tale and the Oppo Fan Challenge. You want to play the Oppo Fan Challenge? Win yourself a set of $70 headphones from uh, Oppo. Then let us know. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. We'll ring someone towards the end of the hour and you can play the Oppo Fan Challenge. It is 3.23 here on Phoenix Nation. Yeah, 28 past three here on Phoenix Nation. Ricardo Ball with you through till four o'clock. Uh, Oppo featuring Superbook Lightning Quick Smartphone Charging Technology. Charge up to 50% in just 12 minutes. Having a look at the games this weekend in the A-League men's competition, the Central Coast Mariners are uh, favourites against the Phoenix this weekend, paying $1.83. The draw is at three seventy-five, which I don't mind. Uh, the Phoenix paying $3.50. I don't know if they uh, the tab got that one right. Uh, then on Saturday, Melbourne City, $1.72 favourites to beat Sydney FC, who are paying 4 bucks. The draw at three seventy-five. dollars uh, Newcastle Jets are two twenty favourites to beat Western United, who are at two uh, eighty-eight. The draw at three forty. West Sydney Wanderers, $1.67 favourites to beat MacArthur in a, in a bit of a, a West Sydney derby. MacArthur at four thirty-three. The draw three sixty. Uh, important to remember there that Ulysses De Villiers, uh finished uh, the season. He's got a meniscus injury. He won't play again for Macarthur this season. Uh, so that's a big blow for them. And you can see why Western Sydney are favourites in that game. Melbourne Victory, who got the better of their neighbours, City on the weekend, a two dollar ten favourites against Adelaide United, who pay three ten. And the draw at three forty. And then finally, I guess uh, they're hoping for a new manager bounce at Brisbane Raw. Warren Moon has been sacked uh, by the Raw, and they are a dollar ninety one favourites at home to beat the Perth. Glory, who are paying $3.60, and the draw is at $3.30. So that's how the uh, TRB odds look for the A-League men's uh, draw. We'll do the A-League women's a little bit later on. And, of course, we also have that Oppo Phoenix Fan Challenge. You want to play it and get in the draw to win a seven, oh, yeah, get in the, with a chance to win a $70 set of Oppo headphones and uh, give us a text, double eight double three. We'll choose one of your texters and give you a call, and you've got to answer some questions and see if you can win those headphones from Oppo. Time to get to the latest in news and sport now with Johnny Mack. You're on Phoenix Nation on SENZ. Thanks to Oppo. And uh, joining us now is the analyst and assistant coach of the A-League Liberty women's team, Maya Vink. G'day, Maya. How are you? Hi. Good. I'm, I'm well, thank you. Yeah. That's a story, mate. That's a story. How have you enjoyed the season in this role working with Natalie? Yeah, I've, uh, I've really loved the season so far. Um, Natalie and I go back probably about 12 years that we've been working together as coaches. Um so we know each other pretty well. We're pretty familiar with uh, how we coach. And, yeah, when that kind of offered me the role, I grabbed it with two hands and uh, have really enjoyed the season so far. Quite different. Um, I've obviously never worked in a in a pro environment before. So um, definitely dif- different in terms of the week-to-week kind of um, programming of it all. But, uh, yeah, certainly loved it so far. That's great. What, what have, I mean, because you were at Capital Football, right? So you were working with rep players. But what's the difference from that level to stepping up to pro? Yeah, um, certainly a, a different level of, of detail. So um, I guess with capital football, it's kind of um, quite limited in terms of even camera angles or in terms of data that you can get from um, 
from the games and that sort of stuff, you're, you're probably doing all that work yourself as opposed to having some of the tools that we have available um, to us in this pro environment. Um, and, and now I guess the expectation of, of younger players is to, uh, or players in the pro environment, is to um, have a, you know, a lot of access to help them get better. So whether it's video tools, whether that's stats, whether that's data, whether that's um, specific clips from opposition, specific clips from us, like there's, there's a lot to go through. Um, and then obviously watching the trends that are kind of happening either across the league or across world football, international football, uh, where, our, where our players are playing. So, yeah, it's quite a, quite a bit to unpick and it's just knowing when and where to kind of dive into into the detail. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that's probably the, the biggest thing, right? I mean, it, when, you, when you're coaching, I don't know, the, the capital under-17s or something, it's very much just about you and your players and what you can do um, because you just don't have tape of the opposition. So you just you work on what you know. Yeah, I guess as the as the seasons kind of grew on with the National League, um, especially with Capital Football, we were pretty forward in using certain tools. So we'd, we'd un, you know, um, certainly review our games and, and kind of go through it with a fine-tooth comb and we'd definitely watch at least one game back of the opposition and we had access to do that, which was great. Um, that's now kind of stock standard across the National League, which is, which is fantastic. Um, but I think instead of watching maybe one game back, we're watching <laughs> at least three, sometimes more of the opposition. Um, so we can really dig into detail of, of you know what to expect when we when we play them. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it, yeah, certainly a, a whole different um, it's a whole different beast. Uh, I've I've got to wonder. You get home because obviously you, as an analyst, you're watching a lot of footage. You get home and think, I'm not putting Netflix on. I just see I can't do it. I look at a screen all day. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly some days. Um, so some days where I get home and I, and I don't really want to consume any more football. Um, to be fair, I've not really watched too much of Manchester United this year, which has been a bit uh, a bit weird. But I've been trying to watch more opposition game or even even men's A League games. I've been watching a bit more of them. Um, I guess trying to find what's what's relative and and um, relevant to us here. But um, it gets a bit like that sometimes where you can just be like <laughs> it's enough football for one day especially when you're watching tons and tons of game tape or you've watched your own game you're like our going game back twice or three times you kind of um ready to move on to something different yeah well i, was, I guess you know there are things you can pick up and take from things like that and and one of those i mean you, you mentioned manchester united but is uh eric ten Hag turning luke shaw into a left-sided center back for his ball playing ability i mean you know those kind of ideas and and, and things i mean he's not you know, your traditional six foot four centre back, but uh, mm. he certainly has att other attributes. Yeah, and that's and it's kind of um some interesting things to to see. And like I for one, I don't like I follow Manchester United a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm a devoted fan and by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm really interested in, in certain coaches and the ones that are a bit more, I guess, creative or innovative with with changing just a few little things. And it's like, for me, I, I really love, you know, observing those and seeing the impact that it has within um, within their squads and within their teams. And I think Den Haag's done a wonderful job, like the little, you know, Luke Shaw changes and, and things like that, finding ball playing centre-backs. Um, you can kind of start to see how, how it impacts the rest of the team as well, you know, yeah. scoring more goals further up the pitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And another thing that I thought was is really interesting, I'd be interested to get your take on and how, you see somebody do something, how easy is it to implement? And, you know, for example, uh, Pep Guardiola at Manchester City, right? He he did that thing a couple of seasons ago where his defensive midfielder, his six, actually dropped into a, what became a back three, and then the two fullbacks pushed into midfield. 
um, mm. rather than staying wide. I mean, you know, for example, you look at that, how how easy is it to compute what he's doing and then try and implement it? Um, yeah, I guess I guess with um, Pep, you're probably talking about a different type of player that he would get in. You know, he's getting you know, absolute world class players and the best in the in, you know in the world in the world, trying to get the best out of them as a team and, and push them forward. Um, I like to think we've we've probably got different strengths here in New Zealand and, and in the women's game as well. Um, female players can be very switched on tactically, so you can probably ask quite a bit of them. Um, like when Nat and I, when Nat was the head coach of the National Women's League and I was her assistant, we played a three box three or a three four three, and we um, we loved it. So again, it was something different, something you know that kind of fitted the players that we had, fitted their strengths, um, gave us some width still in attack, which we loved. Um, also gave it some security at the back so you know um there's always i guess those those ways that you can kind of again like i like to explore different different things different ways different uh, formations and that sort of stuff as a as an analyst i guess you can dive into that a little bit more um but uh i guess the the proof is in the pudding is how well you can execute that you know with the team then, then going onto the field and doing that yeah 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 i mean the, the pep thing was just a uh an example for you know i, I don't expect yeah. you to take that but you know that kind of thing um from, from a day-to-day point of view or a week-to-week point of view what does your role look like how much of it is analyst how much of it's on the field uh on the, on the practice pitches yeah so i guess i guess my week kind of starts post game day so i'll turn the game around kind of that night um and then obviously review it fully across the next 24 hours. Um, and that's including, you know, sending clips to coaches and, and, and players and stats and that sort of stuff. Um, all the relevant information required to to say, you know, did we achieve what we wanted to achieve? Where do we maybe have some gaps or maybe where do we do really well? Um, and then I'm already looking forward to the next, op- you know, the op- opposition that we've got in front of us. Um, so like, for example, this week is Sydney. So, you know, got three games turned around with them, looking at how they build up, you know, what threats they have in the attack. Obviously, Courtney Vine is one that we're looking at this week as being someone that um, is going to pose a bit of a threat. Uh, then we've got, um, so you said it takes up quite a bit of time, the opposition analysis. And then day-to-day is kind of the, the training. So each training kind of looks a little bit different. There's some trainings where I can be on grass more as a coach, which I love to do and dive into coaching. Um, but certainly more so, I'm, I'm pretty blessed here in NZCIS where we train, that there's cameras everywhere. We've literally got five cameras on the field in any one moment. So it's trying to find the best footage we can so we can review the footage uh, with the players and, and they can kind of um, have a look at what we're trying to achieve throughout those sessions as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess a part, you know, I, I think analysts and I think oh, you're looking to see you know, which of their back four maybe steps out a bit, places, you know, or maybe he's a little bit slower on the turn that you can get Paige in behind, that kind of thing. I mean, is it as simple as that or is is it more in depth? Yeah, there's certainly some general stuff, like general trends that we might see um, in terms of formation or how their formation slightly differs based, based on the players. Like the Princess of Beanie will play slightly differently to a Courtney Vine. Um, so certainly like some some general differences and then we look at real specifics as well so especially you know how do they press how they build up you know like it's it's not just a formation but actually what are their triggers or what sort of stuff that kind of come into it so we can know what to expect and then giving the players enough to help them see those pictures I guess in the training days um, 
whether it be clips or whether it be, you know, in a training, how we kind of set up the opposition team um, or whether um, we actually just don't tell them everything. <laughs> you know, maybe just a little bit of detail as opposed to going overboard with all this detail. It can get a little bit muddly if it's too much, um, yeah. especially during weeks like this where there's some players away on international duty and that sort of stuff. We don't want to throw too much at them. It needs to be bite-sized, eh? easy to digest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was interesting. I watched a, uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but Sean Dyche has done a masterclass series of videos, Masterclass Tactics. And um, yeah, he talked about changing formations in game and and saying like, you know, people make a big thing of it, but really it's only this player moving a couple of yards and that player moving <laughs> a couple of yards. It's, you know, it's, so it's it's actually, once you know what you're doing and you're drilling it, it's actually quite easy to change formations throughout, throughout a game. Um, yeah. I, I I doubt you've probably watched Sean Dyche's masterclass video, but I I, I I I I imagine that when you've done your coaching courses, that's something that you've you've discovered. I mean, how many formations do you guys work on for a game? Yeah, I mean, Nat Nat loves to work really principally, um, and the principles can kind of cross over. No matter if you're playing a four four two, a four three three, a three four three, doesn't really matter the the, the formation because the principles remain the same. Um, so we, we could be quite fluid in terms of different formations that we play um, or play against even. Um, we, we've pretty much stuck to um, the four three three this this year. However, <laughs> when we've been down to 10 players, you've kind of seen different formations come in and, and it's actually worked really well for us. Two of our best games have actually come um, off the back of going down to 10 players. And actually from that moment, we've actually been very, very good um, either in position or or denying them spaces between lines and, and behind us. Um, the three three four two, as it's known, is is quite a um, it's known quite familiarly here. We've quite a bit, quite of enjoyed it to the point where we said, oh, maybe we should uh, start the game with ten and see how we get on. If we want to throw someone on, we can. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, we stick to the four three three predominantly. Yeah, um, Maya, tell us a bit about your journey. How did you get here? Because I mean, you were a rep footballer. You played for New Zealand at age group level and things. I mean, um, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, um, guess I started football kicking around after my brothers. Got two older brothers. They were kind of rep level. One uh, represented uh, New Zealand secondary schools football. Um, so chasing around after them, I really just grew a, a love for the game. Um, it was pretty early Manchester United fan like I remember waking up in the you know early hours of the morning watching games all that sort of stuff and um yeah kind of made my way through the pathways with mainland football down in Christchurch and then now I guess it's Canterbury United or whatever it's called yeah. um and then into the under 17s um and that very first under 17 cycle um which was actually hosted here in New Zealand that World Cup um, unfortunately, I didn't quite make the last cut, so I was I was uh, I was pretty close to playing in that World Cup. I didn't quite make it there, but I think what it did is that kind of spurred me on to maybe look at myself in a different light. And I still wanted to have a massive impact on the game here in New Zealand. I could see the potential for it. I could see that there was maybe some things that the female game was behind in, in terms of you know the the access we had to certain things or the way we were treated in certain areas. So I felt like coaching was my route to, uh, to have that impact and to make those changes from kind of the inside out. So I went off to uni, did a Bachelor of Sports Coaching um, as well as a Bachelor of Commerce. So kind of dived into that, dived into my coaching badges from a pretty young age. Like we're talking, you know, 17, 18. Oh, wow. Um, and it's quite often like I've been in, you know, in a few different situations 
even did my UEFA B in Ireland, where I was the only woman in, you know, a woman in the room and it's coach educators and everything kind of combined. So you kind of have to learn to be pretty hardy. Um, and I, to be fair, I actually really enjoyed those environments anyway. So it's not like I had to, to be um, anyone different than I, than I normally am. Um, after uni, uh, really wanted to go overseas and I uh, lived in Holland for two years, coached with FC Eindhoven, um, was the assistant of their, their first team and head coach of their reserve team, which I loved. Um, and they just eat and breathe football over there. It's just a totally different um, experience. So I loved that. I got thrown into goal one game because <laughs> <laughs> I injured the goalkeeper in the warm-up. So it was quite an experience. Um, and then I got an offer to go and coach in Canada. So I went and joined the Vancouver Whitecaps um, in their Girls Elite program in their academy. So, again, learning from the best. Like I was working with – or. Not not day to day, but I guess the program was kind of led by John Herbman, Brett Priestman, um, working day to day with Emma Humphreys, Ryan Wilkinson, Mike Norris, who's now the Portland Thorns head coach. Obviously, Nat was over there as well. Um, so working with some incredible people. Um, so very very lucky to rub shoulders with some of them. But the lure was always there to come home. Um, and after five years of being away, like it was nice to be able to to share what I've learned overseas and bring it back here to New Zealand. So. Yeah, I guess that's kind of how I got back here and, wow. and now it's home. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you've been around the world with football. Fantastic. Yeah, I've been very lucky. Yeah, indeed. All right. Hey, Maya, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Mate. Good to talk to you, get a bit of uh, understanding about your role and, and also your background, mate. And uh, best of luck for the weekend against Sydney, eh? Thanks very much. Phoenix Nation brought to you by Oppo, the official smartphone of the Wellington Phoenix. We have a set of Oppo Onco W11 earphones to give away. And Zaid joins us uh, for the Phoenix Fan Challenge. You ready, Zaid? Yes, please. There are two all-whites in the Central Coast Mariners squad. Name them. Oh, two. Yep. Storm, is it Storm Rue? Yep. Oh, don't know the other one, sorry. All right, you need to get three of the next four, mate. Which team sits top of the Women's A-League? Women's A-League? Yeah. Oh, I don't really know much about the Women's Sorry, but Melbourne City? Save is there a Melbourne team? Advantage, Phoenix! Well, there is a, there is a Melbourne team. Uh, Western United is the Melbourne team. They are top of the A-League. All right, so you're going to get the next three right. Are you ready? Okay. All right, what position do the Wellington Phoenix men's team occupy on the ladder? Are they fifth? Long run up and puts it in the net. Oh, nice, mate. Nice. All right, you're on the board. Uh, two from two. That's what you need. Which team do the Liberty A-League women's team play this weekend? I believe it's Sydney. Long run up. Oh, he's, he's making a comeback. Making a comeback, Zay. Is it right. at North Harbour Stadium? It, it is. Are you going to go? I don't know. Okay, don't all right. Like Last question for you, mate. Former Phoenix playmaker Ulysses Devere is out for the rest of the season with a knee injury. Who does he play for now? Is it MacArthur? Long run up and puts it in the net. Oh, well done, Zade. You pulled it. You pulled that one out of the fire. Got the first two wrong, but you got the next three right, and you've won yourself a set of those Oppo Onco W11 True Wireless earphones. Thanks to Oppo, mate. Thank you. I'm um, a good bit. I had in that pulled in yesterday was um, the boosted 750 Muhammad Salah and Benzema. Oh, nice. It was a great bit yesterday. Yeah, and I got, um, I got on on Milan this morning. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You get on Milan this morning. They did win 1-0. Six away from four.
Coming up four o'clock here on Phoenix Nation and uh, the latest from the run home, uh, including a newly married Kirst Stanway, uh, about to join us after the latest news in sport. Having a quick look at where the value is in the uh, Women's Liberty A-League this weekend. Uh, Cameron United, uh, $1.67 to beat West Sydney at four bucks. I think that's all right. And I don't mind Melbourne victory at $1.67 as well against Adelaide United. Uh, the Phoenix women's team are a long shot. They're playing Sydney, who are paying $1.20. Phoenix women are paying $9.50. The draw, if you think they can get a result at North Harbour Stadium on the weekend, is paying 6 bucks. That is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo for another week. We'll be back next Thursday from 3.